Hello and welcome to another PCOS Diva podcast. This is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. And today we're going to be talking about shifting from an infertility-focused mindset to a fertility-focused mindset. We're going to be talking about our mental and emotional state and how that relates to our fertility. And I am thrilled to have Amy Ropp. She is an author, an acupuncturist, an herbalist with us um, to join our conversation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. Well, let me tell our listeners a little bit about your work. You are... Uh, an author of two books, Chill Out and Get Healthy. And the book that we're going to be talking about today, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant, How to Improve Your Fertility Now and Into Your 40s. You combine your clinical experience as an acupuncturist and herbalist and your personal experience helping scores of women, many of whom who have been told that they had poor fertility outlooks. You help them to get pregnant, stay pregnant, and have healthy and happy babies. Yes. So I can totally relate to that experience of being told that you have a poor fertility outlook. Um, I remember very clearly being a, I think, a college sophomore in the college clinic and the doctor telling me that one day they're going to have to jump through hoops to get me pregnant. Mm. Um, And, yeah, to be, you know, a young woman um, Mm -hmm. kind of given that information, um, it was definitely a little disheartening. But I have to say that I really never took that as my truth, you know, going um, to doctors in my 20s. I often heard, you know, it's going to be really hard for you to get pregnant or, um, you know, you're going to have a lot of fertility struggles. But I just, for some reason, and I don't really know why, maybe it's because I knew my mother um, had some <laughs> infertility issues and was able to get pregnant with me, that I just thought, yeah, 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 you know, that's that's not really going to be my, my story. So I think that played a huge part in my fertility journey because I was kind of coming at it maybe more from that fertility-focused perspective than the infertility-focused. And, um, you know, it really boded well for me because, you know, now I have three beautiful children. But um, I, I, I do hear from lots of women with PCOS who have been told that they'll never get pregnant, they'll never have babies, and they have accepted, accepted that as truth. Mm-hmm. And that has really, I think, added to... Um, you know, that the infertility struggle. And so let's talk a little bit about that shift and how do we make a shift once we've been told that we're never going to have children or it's going to be hard to, jumping through hoops to get you pregnant. You know, where do we go from there? Well, I think, you know, I think, A, you're very lucky that it didn't become your truth. I think what happened is, you know, whether or not you have a, a diagnosis, right, that, you know, you got at a younger age before you probably were thinking about having children or you're just surrounded by friends of yours maybe that are struggling or worried about your age and your fertility, that it becomes this, you know, uh, I just call it like a fear-based belief that, it, you know, somewhere deep inside of you, you're starting to doubt your ability to get pregnant and it is becoming part of your truth. And 
I see it so often in the clinic. And, you know, even myself having just recently had a baby, you know, now I'm 41, but I got pregnant at 40. And it was, you know, fortunately for me, very, very easy. I was pregnant, you know, the second month we tried and I carried to term and he, he's perfect. But um, I just saw, you know, myself in the Western medical community all of a sudden and age was brought up every single appointment I had. You know, they reminded me of my age and of my chances of miscarriage. Doctors reminded me of my chances of stillbirth. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was really um, there's there's a lot of fear surrounding you know any diagnosis or and then you couple that with age, especially with fertility. And so I think women are just starting to get all of this feedback. You know, even if it's themselves or just their friends that that their fertility is at stake, you know, and regardless of their age, because I'll see young women, you know, like in their mid-20s, and same thing as you, they were told that they were going to have a really hard time getting pregnant, and they're paranoid, and it has become their truth. And so, you know, I have a section in the book that says, you know, shifting your focus from, you know, being fertility-focused to fertility-focused, And the whole premise of that is really that there's a lot more fertility going on than infertility. You know, if we look at the numbers, it's sure there are 7 million women and and their partners affected by fertility challenges, but um, infertility in and of itself means that you're broken, you know, that you're unfixable. And a lot of women come to me or, you know, come to my book with that idea that they are unfixable and powerless in the situation. Mm. And so what I often really try to do is to shift their focus. You know, one of my first questions to anyone I work with is, do you believe that you are going to have a baby? And I'd say 9.9 out of 10 women say yes. You know, and so I, I, I know that deep down in their heart they know that they will. They're just in this place of fear right now. So I just gently kind of work with them to start focusing on the pregnancies that are around you. Look at all the women that, you know, have gotten pregnant in their 40s or in their 30s, or look at all the women that have gotten pregnant with with PCOS. You know, ovulation disorders are the most common cause of fertility struggles. And, um, you know, in my clinical experience, they're the easiest to treat. You know, so I'm not really worried when I get a PCOS patient. They're very worried, but I'm not, you know. And so I just try to encourage them to start to believe in their bodies again and give them the tools to empower themselves and realize that ultimately their health is in their hands and that if they improve their health, they improve their fertility. And so, you know, that's really how I start to try to get women to shift that mindset and to really stop using the word infertility. You know, I I ask them, my readers in the book, that, you know, after that first chapter, we don't use that word anymore. We can say we're fertility challenged. We can say we need some fertility rejuvenation. And I understand it's just words, but words are very powerful, and it's a belief system. So the more you say, oh, I have infertility, or I'm struggling with infertility, and you use that word, it really becomes this belief within your whole system. I think, you know, on a cellular level, your body starts to believe it, and you start to have doubt, and um, there's a lot of negativity in your mindset and in your body and in your health. So if we can just start to even shift the language a little bit where you don't use that word anymore, you just say, you know, I'm fertility challenged at the moment, you know, but but that it's not so black and white, you know, that, that you can you can change it, you know, you can improve the quality of your eggs, you can improve, you know, your condition like PCOS, you can definitely improve that. You can't necessarily 
change your age, but there's a big difference between chronological age and physiological age, and that's scientifically proven. So I really just try to, you know, arm women with this knowledge that we really do have the power here and to not give up hope or faith in our bodies. And and I really see a shift in them once once they do. From a Chinese medicine perspective, too, our emotions are quite powerful. Like all of illnesses have an emotional correlation in Chinese medicine. Whether it was the chicken or the egg, it doesn't really matter, but it can worsen the situation. And so, you know, we see that kind of doubt or hopelessness, how it, it truly affects the uterus itself. And we almost see it as it creates an inhospitable environment. So the more negative-based you are, the less likely it is that some, you know, other body or being is going to want to inhabit your uterus. So to really start to send love and kindness to not just your whole body but to your uterus specifically and to start believing in the fact that you can conceive and, you know, maybe it's just taking you a little bit longer and there's probably reasons behind that because we need to really optimize your health first and you'll be grateful for that in the long run, you know, uh, to have a healthier pregnancy and therefore a healthier baby. So to really just start to get women to embrace their overall health and see fertility as, as secondary to optimal health and that their emotions clearly and truly affect their health as well and their fertility. So shifting from that negative mindset to more of a hopeful and optimistic one. Yeah, and, and I often tell clients that the weight weight loss and fertility really is a byproduct of totally. bringing your body back in balance. Um, I say it all the time. It's like I always say, like, op- my goal is optimal health. And then when mm-hmm. you're in optimal health, you should be able to get pregnant with PCOS, with endometriosis, with, you know, right. with your 41. You know, like, you really should be, even with, you know, advanced maternal age or for ovarian reserve. We're talking about quality, not quantity when it comes to eggs, you know. So and PCOS, obviously, there's there's not a quantity issue for many of the girls, but um, sometimes there's a quality issue, you know, a lot of the times. And, and there's so much. I mean, and you know that working with your demographic, there's so much you can do to shift the PCOS diagnosis. I mean, you can completely control it really through diet and exercise. And I think meditation, you know, stress management and some supplements, things like that. So you know, to to just really arm women with this knowledge that we have the power and to not give it up. And I just see that so often that it's just women just give up. And they just say, oh, I'm just going to need fertility treatments and, you know, everybody else is doing IVF. I'm going to have to do IVF. And, and it's just this sense of total loss of faith in their body. And so, you know, my biggest mission is to really restore that faith. And when I see that faith restored, I, I see pregnancy happen, you know, because then they start to love and respect their bodies again, so they start to treat mm-hmm. them better and eat the right foods and sleep enough and hopefully meditate and, you know, practice stress management uh, reduction techniques. And and their their health shifts and then, boom, their fertility shifts. You know, you see it. Or even after a miscarriage, I'll see a woman, you know, she just completely cuts off emotionally. I mean, she's, you know, it's traumatizing, obviously, and very devastating. And it's it's hard for a lot of women to get back, you know, in the saddle, if you will, and try again because they're so afraid of that miscarriage again. But when you get them to, 
shift and realize, okay, I did get pregnant and, you know, maybe that was just, you know, bad luck, if you will, or, you know, the chance of it happening again or low, that type of thing, and empower them with, with the knowledge of how to improve their health and have faith again in their body, you know, you see, you see the, the shift happen again, and then all of a sudden they're getting pregnant, you know, and, and holding up the pregnancy. So it's, the mind is very powerful, and so to not underestimate even just the use of a simple word like infertility, you know, I just wouldn't use it. I think it's um, extremely derogatory towards ourselves. So let me, um, if you don't mind, I wanted to share a little um, excerpt of your book that relates to, you know, what we're talking. I thought you really stated this beautifully. So you're talking about that that idea of kind of labeling yourself as being infertile. And um, you say here that it it doesn't serve you. By serving Mm -hmm. you, I mean it doesn't help you in this process. It doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't fill you with optimism. Rather, it only serves to make you feel inadequate and fearful. Worse, it feeds the I'm not fertile belief inside of you and becomes a self-fulfilled prophecy. Then you go on to say, and this is really beautiful, now I am encouraging you to form an I am fertile belief because that belief serves your fertility for the better. As I always say to my patients, there is so much good that comes from being optimistic. Optimism brings joy and hope into your heart and to your uterus. When you're trying to conceive, optimism serves you, hope serves you, believing in your fertility serves you. And I think for women with PCOS, there really is a lot of hope to grab onto. Um, One of my well-worn books on my shelf by... um, PCOS um, kind of pioneer, I think his name, uh, Dr. Walter Forderweide. He's, I, I think he's one of the PCOS kind of pioneers. And mm-hmm. he, um, you know, in his introduction to his book, A Patient's Guide to PCOS, he said the good news is that women with PCOS can and do have healthy babies. And he talks oh, about all the time. That, yeah, all the time. And um, there's a, a really interesting study, I wrote about it recently um, on my blog, uh, about how women with PCOS um, remain fertile longer than their non-PCOS mm-hmm. counterparts. So, you know, those women who feel, you know, they're 35 and they're feeling like the clock right. is ticking, well, um you know, I had they have uh, more of an ovarian reserve. Yeah, 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 yeah. At 37, um, and you know, I, I hear from women all the time having um, babies into their 40s. So I think there is. I see a it lot all the hope. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's my biggest message is you know, and even for myself when I got pregnant, you know, um, that that in and of itself was a challenge to tell my patient population because I have so many women who are struggling to get pregnant and they have understandably difficulty with some of them when they find out they are pregnant. But, you know, I was like, oh, but I'm 40. Like, this should serve as an inspiration, you know. And so so why don't we start finding those stories and talking about those stories more than stories that are negative. You know, there's so many positive stories out there. So it's, it's the same as when you're pregnant. You know, I want to hear the positive pregnancy stories. We don't really want to hear the horrible pregnancy stories, you know. Um you know, to shift your focus, not to not give those women a stage to express themselves because I think that's really important and support and community is extremely important, but 
but how we go about it, you know, not to really induce such fear, you know, with the doctor telling you right at a young age, like, oh, you're, you're never going to get pregnant. I mean, it's just, it's it's fear-based medicine. I, I'm strongly opposed to it, and, and I get extremely upset by it. So yeah. to just start to, you know, start to focus around you. Ask people, oh, so how, you know, ask PCOS, uh, PCOS um, you know, patients, how long did it take you to get pregnant, you know, and, and like, listen to their success stories. Don't focus on all the, you know, unsuccessful stories. And also another thing to point out is the women who struggled to get pregnant, you know, I can say in my 10 years of clinical practice, almost every single woman I've ever come in contact with has had a baby. I think all but two or three wound up, you know, without children. And we're talking, you know, hundreds and hundreds of women that I've seen in my practice over over the 10 years. So it's highly unlikely that you will not have a child if you want one, you know. To just, so to start to just believe that again, you know, and not um, subscribe. Or And I also think this is a huge part, too, to not let your diagnosis um, become your identity, you know, that maybe you could say, yes, I have I have PCOS, but I'm managing it. Or I have PCOS, but I'm learning how to deal with it. You know, I have PCOS, but I'm shifting it, you know, or I'm having a hard time getting pregnant, but I'm hopeful that it will happen, you know, and, and to just embrace, you know, one of my favorite mantras is I'm always where I'm supposed to be. And so to just try to get to that place of this is, your past for some reason and embrace it and know that, you know, you, you'll get from point A to point B, but perhaps there's just a different course for you, you know, and to just start to to settle into that and, and you know, really find find the optimism and hope. And there's a lot of research out there too, right, that stress affects our health oh, and our fertility really. and PCOS. And so if we're walking around with this negative belief system that I am infertile, that is very stressful for you, and that will, you know, further hinder your 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 chances. So, you know, I do always say, I mean, I, I love that quote, too, that you pulled from the book. I actually just did my Instagram um, quote this morning from that quote, the, the end of it. But, you know, I always say to people in my practice, like, what is the harm in being optimistic? You know, really, at the end of the day, I, I think there's no harm in it. You know, if anything, you feel good. And, and if you do get your period and you're not pregnant, okay, so we're disappointed, but... You know, we we know that maybe the next month it can happen. You know, to just kind of stay in that optimistic place, the, the negativity really does not serve us. Not just yeah. on our fertility, but for anything. Yeah, one of my tenets of uh, my Jumpstart program, the pillars, is that a diva is powerfully powerfully positive. And mm-hmm. I think I that's that. what I'm I I loved about your book is you really you have this. Um, traditional Chinese medicine background um, or traditional oriental medicine background, and you really have infused your book with um, that kind of Eastern philosophy. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could speak to um, the concept of your child's palace. You you introduced this in your book and and how you can improve your fertility with... um, kind of focusing on um, more op- optimal emotions than, um, like, the worry, anxiety, fear, and trauma. Yeah. So, you know, as I was saying before, every every disease in, in every organ in Chinese medicine has an emotional component, 
So there's negative emotions that affect, you know, like anger can negatively affect the liver, we say, right? Joy can positively affect the heart, whereas trauma can negatively affect the heart. So we see emotions that play a very significant role in, in disease states. And by disease, I mean, you know, dis-ease, anything that's causing discomfort in your life, basically. So it could be anything from a headache to, you know, PCOS to, to cancer, you know. And so so when these emotions are, are in play, they can really hinder our ability to heal. And... You know, so it's almost like, well, joy is the antidote to trauma. So when we're feeling, or, or to discouragement, say, you know, so when we're feeling negative or doubtful or hopeless about our fertility, it's going to further affect your your health and your ability to get pregnant. So the antidote is to find more joy in your life, you know, and sort of focus on the things that bring you joy right here, right now. You know, I always say, um don't be happy when, you have to be happy now, you know, and, and that's that's definitely, that's a TCM, Chinese medicine philosophy, but it's also, you know, my own work. I do a lot of my own uh, meditation and and um, inner work, and so, you know, my teachers have taught me that as well, too, like, let's focus on our joy in our life right here, right now, and that will improve our health and our fertility. We have this beautiful analogy, if you will, in Chinese medicine, that the the uterus, the term for uterus is Gong, it's spelled Z-I-G-O-N-G, and the, the literal translation is child's palace. And it doesn't really have, you know, in Chinese medicine, really any other major functions other than, you know, it's to house a child's uterus. Obviously, it has to do with the reproductive system as well, but the uterus itself really is just this child's palace. And and I really drive that home in the book and even in my, my clinical practice. So if this is a palace, we need to treat our whole body like a palace, right, so that we can really improve the environment of, of that child's palace so that it's the most hospitable place it could be. And joy and love really make it very warm and open and cozy, whereas, like, fear and trauma and worry and doubt and anger block it off. In the, it blocks off blood flow throughout your whole body, but it really blocks this blood flow to the uterus and really affects, you know, that ability to conceive and carry the term. We even say, we go as far as in Chinese medicine that when you are pregnant, you shouldn't watch any scary movies or any violent movies because that fear or trauma, even from the television, can affect the baby's emotional stage, you know, because you're kind of letting this emotion in. So to really just surround yourself with, like, beautiful objects and beautiful books and beautiful movies and, you know, to, to further enhance the, the baby's emotional state. So to us, it's, it's extremely important that, that the emotional shift occurs. And, you know, that's what I tend to see in, the practice, in my practice is, and that's really why I wrote this book. I was so... Um, I really need to get that message out there that we just need to restore faith in our bodies and I really think everything else will come, you know, all the other pieces will just fall into place. And it, it came from this emotional space that all these women were just so knocked down. They were so traumatized. They were so fearful. And all of those negative emotions, if you will, just really shut down all the important organs and reproduction in our body and and then we're left with challenges on getting pregnant. So... You know, it's not just um, my own personal belief system. You know, this is this is a, a tenet of Chinese medicine that 
that the emotions have to shift in order for healing to occur. So, I mean, there are sure plenty of women who get pregnant who are angry or traumatized or, you know, hopeless. But we see that, too, as those that emotional state is not the healthiest for the baby to thrive in, you know. So, although you hopefully carry the term, the emotional state of your child is affected, you know. So, so my job, as I see it, is I want to get you in the best health mentally, emotionally, physically, nutritionally possible so that you get pregnant and then you carry that state through pregnancy and then you, you bring home this healthy, happy baby into a healthy, happy home, you know. So it's not just I want you to follow this diet for three months and then you get pregnant. You know, it's it's a lifestyle shift. It's an emotional shift. And I, I don't want it to affect every aspect of your life. You know, if there's no joy in your workplace, maybe you should consider shifting that. Maybe that's further, you know, hurting your fertility or if you're in a a bad relationship, well, maybe we should examine that before we try and have a child in that relationship, you know. So to really encourage um, self-awareness and self-love, I think that's that's really the root of it all and and to understand that the more love and joy we have in our heart, then that opens up into the uterus and creates this very healthy child's palace that then is extremely hospitable. And then you bring a healthy, happy baby into the world. Uh, you talk in your book about letting go, and I think a lot of women struggle, you know, with all of these emotions mm-hmm. that you've been describing—the fear, the anger, the grief, yeah. the worry, the sorrow—and they want to get to joy, they want to get to um, happiness, but they're sort of struggling with, you know, maybe it's you know all their. Um, their friends or family members are getting pregnant and they're not, so there's some anger there or fear that that's not going to happen for them or maybe they're grieving the child that they lost in a previous miscarriage and they're just sort of stuck. And um, I've found that a lot of women that I work with, if they just are able to let go and surrender and sometimes just Mm -hmm. sort of give up the fertility. Yes, um, I agree journey for six months and we're just we're just going to give it a break that's when the magic mm-hmm. happens I um, couldn't agree more. yeah but maybe you could give us some tips on how we can let go like what can what is that bridge that we need to cross and how do we do that from the negative emotions to the positive well i it's i have an interesting piece that i wrote um I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, I had a conversation with Deepak Chopra about exactly this, about this letting go. And we were talking about fertility, and you know, he does all this epigenetic research, right, which is basically how, how we live our life affects our genes and their expression, or whether they turn on or turn off, and how that affects the aging process and the disease process. And so I was asking him about fertility, you know, and... um and of course, he believes that nutrition and meditation and sleep and all these things will will improve fertility regardless of the woman's age and help you know increase her fertility and optimize egg quality. But he said, but the key component is they have to let go, you know. And then I write about it in my book and just surrendering. And I said, but how do you recommend this, you know? Because you can't. I can't walk into a brand new patient and say to her, okay, so we just have to learn to let go. I mean, I'll never see her again, and I realize that, you know, because it's a very fragile emotional space that you're in and you know I so I think you know what I got from the conversation with him was 
and, and what I talk about in the book, like I call it the self-love health mission. So if you can get to this space of, and I agree with you on the I'm putting it aside, like, okay, so we're not going to try to conceive for the next three months, or we're going to give ourselves a six- to nine-month time frame to conceive in, not month-to-month, because a month-to-month drives women, you know, um, berserk. And and I even saw it in myself, you know, it was like, oh, gosh, when am I going to get pregnant? This month, next month, you know. Um, it's 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 very easy to fall prey to that, that month-to-month deadline. And so to say, okay, so in, in hopefully a six- to nine-month, you know, period, I will get pregnant. And so you just kind of let go of this um, monthly time work and this when am I ovulating when you have sex mindset. And it rather get into this mindset of I want to be healthier. You know, I want to feel better. I want to look better. I want my, you know, PCOS symptoms to be better managed. And so I'm going to adopt this healthier lifestyle, you know, that includes some dietary changes and, you know, this meditation. And, and maybe I'm not going to think about fertility at all because it brings me down. So I'm just going to focus on, you know, and I would have women do like a gratitude list every morning. What are five things you're grateful for mm-hmm. like right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And it could be as simple as I had a good night's sleep to, you know, my pillow is super cozy to, you know, it's a gorgeous fall day. Whatever it is, you know, to just start focusing, um, shifting to a gratitude mindset. And you don't have to even focus on fertility, especially if it brings you down. So to just shift into anything that brings you joy in your life. And to start to see, because I mean, I'm sure you see the same thing when I, when I give women tools to, you know, with, with their diet or with their lifestyle and meditation and sleeping more and exercising, journaling, you know, gratitude list, they genu- generally start to feel better. And so to embrace the self-love health mission and not focus so much on the fertility aspect and know that, you know, as Deepak would say, you know, you can get from point A to point B, there's a million ways to get there. So so stay focused that you will get there, but to let go of the how and the when. And again, not as easy as said, you know, if you don't, how, how do I say that? <laughs> um, to say as is to do it, you know, not as easy to do it as to say it, but um, but that there's there's power in the letting go, and there's there's power in finding joy in your everyday life right now without without pregnancy or a child, and you know to also give yourself the time though, you know, to to grieve or to mourn, and that it's also okay to be angry if your sister gets pregnant and you're still not pregnant. You know, I always give women the space for that. I always say, you know, these walls can handle it. Like you get it out. Don't keep it in, you know, so so express your disappointment, even if it's just in the journal or to, you know, a a confidential, you know, in a confidential relationship. But to to get that out and then to know I, that will be me one day, you know, and and try to try to picture it, try to visualize it, try to feel it. If you can go to that space, and it actually gives you joy. If you can't, then I would just say, you know, move beyond it. Just let it, you know, express your disappointment probably in the journal. Never tell anybody about it, and move on, you know. And what else in my life brings me joy? And I feel good focusing on my health because that's empowering me. And I know that if my health is, you know, in good shape, that then my fertility will improve as well. And really to just start saying loving, kind things to yourself, you know. Um, you know, there's so many ways we can just practice 
general joy, you know. So, and, you know, I talk about it in the book as well. Like, let's get back to some things that you used to do that made you really happy. So many women seem to put their life on hold when they're trying to get pregnant. And, you know, oh, we can't take that trip because I'm ovulating. Or, you know, I can't go skiing because I could be pregnant. You know, something like that. And I'm always, I always encourage it. I say, no, I want you to live your life. I do, you know. You want to have a couple drinks that week? You have a couple drinks that week. You know, like, make smart choices. Don't go on a bender, you know. But but try to get back to living your life and allowing joy in because the lack of it is really cutting off the circulation and flow in your whole body and, and to your uterus. So, so there's many ways I think you can get and to surrender and to let go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each woman is so entirely different. You know, for some it's journaling, for some it's exercise, for some it's the gratitude list. You know, but for most I do see when they fully embrace these lifestyle changes and really start to feel better, it, it's an easier shift for them to say, oh, okay, I'm just going to focus on my health. And whatever happens with my fertility happens with my fertility, you know, mm-hmm. and to kind of put it aside a little bit. Yeah, I love what you said about um, finding something that brings you joy and do it. I know mm-hmm. um, years ago when I read Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life, she yeah, has, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with it, and, and mm-hmm. um, in, in the back of her book, she kind of lists all of um she calls it the list of the different problems that um, physical problems that you might experience. And one day, I went through and I highlighted all of the issues um, of PCOS, and mm-hmm. I thought this was this was like a real aha moment for me because ovaries, the probable cause, she says, it represents the point of creation and creativity. Mm-hmm. And the new thought pattern is, I am balanced in my creative flow. And I can tell you, after years of working with women with PCOS, I found that those who are struggling the most have lost touch with their creativity and have suppressed their creativity. And I think that what you're seeing, too, is women who get in touch with what brings them joy, and often that's their creative expression. Mm -hmm. But that helps with fertility, and I just thought, wow, that's so on point because if you if your ovaries are the point of creation and if you're not That's nurturing it. that creative side you're um, shutting it down yeah. yeah you're shutting it down um so i really encourage women to try to remember what brought them joy as a child mm-hmm. and try to reconnect with that and you know it might be dancing or you know right. now there's all these wonderful adult coloring books you know just coloring mm-hmm. can be a wonderful expression um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely encourage people to try to find a creative outlet. And I think women with PCOS are very creative um, women. And, you know, you need to share that with the world. So I, I love what you said there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, and I think creativity is fertile ground, you know, to, to use an analogy. It's, it's right, it's, it's giving birth to these new things. And so I, I talk about that in the book, too, like, give birth to your new story, right? So that's another way you could do it. And like, you know, I find, for me, writing works best, which is probably why I write books. But, you know, so it's an easy easy, easy space for me to go to. But so why don't we tell a new story from an optimistic perspective, you know? and or, or look at, you know, I always have women who, usually when they're on the other side, when they do get pregnant, and they'll look back and they'll be like, you know, well, 
if I would have gotten pregnant then, this would have never happened in my life. I would have never pursued that or I would have never, you know, or mm-hmm. or it's made my marriage stronger or, you know, to just start to, sh- like, step back and, and look and say, oh, okay, well, what are the things that are actually coming to me right now that I'm not recognizing because all I'm focused on is the fact that I'm not pregnant, you know, or I don't have this child. And when you get when you get people to, you know, step back and see that and they are actually you know, creating in their life and they're almost not even recognizing it, which I think can be just as, you know, stagnating as mm-hmm. as not being creative, you know. So so to just start to shift that mindset of, like, what is going on in my life right now? Like, what's bringing me joy? And, right, like, let's go dancing. You know, we haven't done that in forever. Or let's take that trip. You know, I, I really I'll see girls get pregnant on that trip that they've been holding off on taking because they – you know, we're trying to get pregnant, you know, and I'm the first one to encourage it. I'm the first one to encourage quitting the job that they hate because I think it's stifling them, yeah. you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I see all of those things are affecting your health and they're affecting your ability to get pregnant because I've seen girls get fired from their jobs because they're not present at all because they're so focused on their fertility and they get pregnant the next month. You know, and I'm granted we've been doing work, so I feel like all the other pieces were in place, you know, where they were following the diet and, you know, and meditating more or journaling or, you know, things like that or doing their gratitude list. And that life then leads you, if you will, to the right path. And so I, I think that's a really big takeaway, too, is is to trust that you're on the right path. You know, I think um, the control that we try to exercise um it, you know, it comes from fear that we're maybe not on the right path, you know. So it's just like every time we're trying to control something, it's really because we're scared. You know, it's a fear-based um, expression. And so to, to surrender more and just trust that you're where you're supposed to be, you know. And I often have women, like, think back to, like, when they met their partner and how badly they wanted to meet their partner. And then when they finally let go, if they met the person. You know, I'd give them other, right. hour, you know, things to look at in their life. And and they'll realize it, you know. And, and I don't always think it's all stress or all, you know, um, lack of joy in our life, but I, I definitely think it's, it's a huge factor. And so it's, it's definitely a part of the puzzle that, that needs to be uh, really, I think, looked at more and, um, you know, investigated for, for women. Because I do think, too, the more you dive into your heart and what brings you joy and the more you practice self-love, no matter where you are, the better the mom you're going to be. You know, it's just because you're you're you can access your joy better and more easily, and so you can share that with your child. You know, I do I do think there's this um, overall, you know, global, you know, transformation happening that that needs to happen for certain women to get pregnant. You know, and even for myself, I look at it as like, well, I, I love. You know, I wanted this probably 10 years ago, you know, when I started thinking about when I wanted children, and it just didn't happen for me until, you know, I met the right person, and, and then we had this beautiful child, and I wouldn't have changed it. You know, now looking back, right, you know, where you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I needed to go through this transformation to now become the person I am so that I can be the mother and the wife I want to be, you know. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely. Just, it's, and, and um, you know, like you said, trusting the process and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think in terms of having like a, a diagnosis like PCOS, um, yeah. I think we go through those um, Kubler-Ross stages, you know, the mm-hmm. um, grief and denial and 
um, and hopefully come to a, a certain place of, of acceptance and even thinking of it as a blessing. And I think you can yeah. sort of look at this this space of when you're trying to conceive and it's not happening. I mean, if you can kind of look at it as as a place of blessing um, because it gives you the opportunity, if you can live in the moment, yeah. to... Um, to really discover yourself in so many ways, and um, and you've I think you've done a beautiful job in your book of kind of putting um, those steps together: how to prepare yourself mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. for the child, how to create that um, child's palace, which I think is a beautiful yeah. um, image. Um, you have a, a, I, we don't have time to talk about it now, but you had a, a really great chapter on becoming one with nature and yes. um, kind of looking at the cues from nature to bring your body back in balance. So you know, if, some, if a, a woman is listening today and is trying to get pregnant um, and wants you know, just a different approach, a refreshing, optimistic approach. I I really highly highly recommend your book, Amy. Yes, you can get oh, pregnant. You. Um, so yeah, can I, you? I think there's just yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say I when the getting in touch with nature chapter of becoming one with nature. There, one of my teachers once gave me this um, image to think about when I was feeling very impatient for something that I wanted so badly. She said, you know, when you plant a seed in the ground, right, you don't water it, you know, all day long and expect it to, you know, pop up tomorrow, right? You know, like stomping on the ground, like, where's my corn? You know, why hasn't it grown yet? you understand that you planted the seed, you have to tend the soil, you need to nurture it, and, you know, it needs to go through a certain season and get a certain amount of sunlight in order for it to grow, you know, and healthily come up to the surface and be ripe enough, you know, and all these things so that we can then actually enjoy it. And so I think it's the same thing to understand that, that you're planting these seeds and that they require some patience and some tending to, and some reflection and gratitude and, you know, and and that it's a process and it's, it's like I understand the impatience and I don't think anyone's wrong for being impatient, you know, but to be kinder to yourself about it, you know, and that um, nurture yourself, you know, and I, I think that's the real key. It's like if we could get to this space of really focusing on nurturing ourselves rather than thinking that the getting pregnant is going to be the be-all and all and I'm going to be the happiest I've ever been because chances are, you know, you will be happy in that pregnancy, but then there's still voids that are probably in your life that, you know, so why not look into them now and and begin that self-transformation? And I just think generally it makes us better, you know, better moms, really, at the end of the day. So, And when we love ourselves, you know, it's just so easy then to spread that to the world and that's really what I would love to see, you know. To, to bring our babies into an environment where we have enough self-love for ourselves that they then learn that from us because, you know, I think that is kind of the root of, of all the problems, you know, is lack of is lack of love and joy. So oh, just shift into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, I, I thank you so much for, for coming on and um, talking to us about this really wonderful positive message for fertility um, and for women who are trying to conceive. Amy, can you tell us if somebody wants to um, you know, learn more about your work, how can they reach out to you? 
Go to my website for the book. It's called YesIcanGetPregnant.com. And on there you'll, you know, you can actually email me if you wanted to, but there's videos and there's recipes and there's meditations, you know, and access. You can actually purchase the book from there as well. But it's it's a wealth of information on this topic and, you know, all the other topics that I discuss in the book. So, yes, I can get pregnant.com. Great. Well, thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much.